Hello and welcome to the Empowered Women's Project podcast, a podcast and community made by women for women to help you live your best life and reconnect you back to the things that really matter. Today, we're going to hear from the amazing Sharon Pedersen. She is a super mama. She is a woman on a mission, a chiropractor, a wellness warrior, and just an all-round inspiring woman. There are so many lessons in her journey that you're going to learn today, and let's get into it. Hey everyone, today I am so excited because we are joined by the amazing Sharon Pedersen. Uh, Sharon, I've actually known Sharon, I'm thinking now for, it's like 15 or more years. And, um, you know, in the beginning, I remember meeting you and you were such an, an idol to me in the chiropractic profession, just seeing you as an incredible health professional. But now over the years and getting to see you and your beautiful, she's a mama of three beautiful kids. Uh, now almost young adults as well. Um, but Sharon also, she doesn't talk much about herself, but she's a go-getter. Like she has completed a half Ironman recently, which is amazing. She's got um, national and state records when it comes to steeplechase. And there's a three-time Australian champion in that as well. There's probably a whole other list of things too. But one of the things that I most admire about Sharon is she has such a huge heart, but a huge amount of determination to live her best life. And Sharon's journey in life, just like a lot of us, it hasn't been necessarily easy and there's a lot of struggle um, that's come along the way, but how she has stepped up um, as a woman, as a mama, you know, and as a friend through it is just inspiring. So I know we're going to learn so much from you today. Thanks for joining. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited, Kate. Lovely to be here. So um, maybe let's, let's go back to um, health is definitely a big part of your life, right? You, you've become a health professional. How long have you been a chiropractor for? 22 years now. <laughs> Incredible. And what was, I guess, the inspiration or the drive for you to want to be in that space helping people? Oh, when I was growing up, I just always want, as a little girl, I either wanted to be a hairdresser or a nurse helping people. Um, and then I was fortunate to be, I loved learning. So I was good at school and I just looked towards a medical profession. But when I discovered that chiropractic was based around the body healing itself from within, that hit me right in the heart and soul. So I knew as soon as I discovered what that was, that that was what the path that I needed. So I never had any other options happening. Like my friends were really didn't know what they wanted to do in their future. And they couldn't understand how I was so focused on where I wanted to go. So it just really resonated with me, the, you know, really honoring the body's self-healing. Mm. And, well, and just on that topic, I think in the world that we live in today as women, whether we're a mama or not, um, a lot of us are really maybe not loving our body as much as we could or should. And we are seeing a lot of health challenges coming up from a, from a lifestyle perspective that that's being ultimately you know, the cause of that. What do you see when, and I know with your practice, you have a lot of women that you see as well. Um, What's a common factor when it comes to women just not taking care of themselves? Oh, you're so right, Kate. Women, particularly mums, put, put ourselves last. I've certainly been guilty of that over the years. Our hearts are so giving and nurturing and we have families that we want the best for them and we would move heaven and earth 
to make them have you know a beautiful life and so often it's at the expense of ourselves we look after the children make sure all of their needs are met we're running around taking them to their sports and at the end of the day we're really not filling our own cup our own energy and just you know really got nothing left you know for ourselves so i think definitely the you know putting that energy into everybody else um you know, as we love to help others and help our families, but it, it often is at the expense of our own well-being. Yeah. And so what's maybe um, one or two words of wisdom for, you know, and I've been guilty of it as well. You know, I have three kids and it's easy. I've, I've looked at certain phases of my life where I've been all about them. And sometimes that's necessary when they're little, but as they're becoming more independent, um, that it's still easy to put them first and not actually the oxygen mask on ourselves. So what's maybe one or two tips or words of wisdom that you could share for our amazing women listening that they could start to do? It might not necessarily take a lot of time, but it's a step in the right direction towards taking care of themselves. Yeah, I, I think there are a few simple things that we can do. Something I learned when my girls were little, um, just toddlers, I was breastfeeding them you know, on demand. So I was totally just exhausted working full time and, you know, come, come across a health crisis, which really just shook our world. And it definitely led me to look at things that were important for women to take on and put into our input, put into place things like, you know, just breathing time and just getting outside in nature and just taking, you know, 10 or 15 minutes to ourselves, just to reflect internally on our heart, our soul, just connect back in and what's important to us. And it's not easy for us to do because we are so, got so many things happening in our world. We're busy. We've got chaos in life. But so to sit and have that time to just feel your body, feel your heart and try and just release tension, breathe. I mean, that, I think that is more powerful than people actually realise. Yeah. And, and it's a conscious decision, isn't it? And I think, I, I know for me, I constantly have a to-do list running through my head of the next thing and the next thing. And I think as women, that's naturally how we're wired. But to, to slow down and take some, some time for ourselves, uh, it might feel a little indulgent, but I think it's essential to, to be able to show up as the best friend, mama, partner, you know, whoever for, you know, the people around us as well. So I love that. Um, I wanted to ask you, and you know, we've spoken briefly on this before, but what would you say as a woman in your journey so far has been a really big defining moment in your life? Um, maybe one at the time that you didn't know how you could get through it or that you could, and how has that uh, shaped who you are today? Yeah. Well, there's actually probably two at different stages, and one I just touched on briefly there when my girls were four and two. Um, I was working full-time in practice. I was the sole breadwinner in my family. I've always been a hard worker. I would push through, you know, nothing was stopping me. So I loved practice as a chiropractor. I loved my babies. I would feed on demand and I was absolutely exhausted. But I just was putting on a show, as we do as mums, you know, the mask that we wear. Uh, and I then, I, my world was shaken when I was diagnosed with uterine cancer. So I lost a third baby and it just ripped my, my, it ripped me apart. And I knew going down a medical path was not an option for me. 
yeah. I, you know, my passion and my determination to heal myself. So I followed, I, I looked up some natural ways of just really boosting the body's you know, well-being really. And so much of my direction was really from just tapping back internally to taking that time, re, you know, just de, de-stressing my whole nervous system and really connecting with the essence of who I was, which I'd lost touch with because mm. I was so externally focused on you know, creating a future for the family, looking after the kids, working. So that really taught me the importance and the power of looking after ourselves and taking that time to breathe and relax, which wasn't something that was natural for me. You know, I'm an athlete, I'm a go-getter, I'm a high achiever, you know, traditionally probably one of those typical type A personalities. So to really set back into that quieter nature was, was not an easy thing to do. But it was what I knew I needed in order to save my life. Amazing. And I think, you know, for when I speak to people who've been touched by cancer, either personally or, you know, with with family that are close to them, they'll often say that it was almost a wake-up, a huge wake-up call that, that had you look in the mirror and go, well, what really matters in life? Who matters in my life? And what doesn't? Did you find that you started reassessing things that might have caused you stress before you found out that you had cancer and then afterwards it's going, oh, my gosh, why am I even giving that headspace? Yeah, I absolutely did. I guess we run on kind of auto mode when we're busy and we don't really think about what life we're actually living. But when you're forced into a place where you have to reassess, you try and put yourself in an external position to oversee what's actually happening and you can just see things that really aren't conducive to you know whole well-being so i i guess i just made sure and and even at the time i look back and i even just i knew i wasn't even doing it for myself i was doing it for my kids so even there were still elements of me not honoring me mm. i was taking these steps for my kids. So there was still a lot more learning. And this was, you know, 15 years ago now. So there was still a lot of learning that happened since this point, but it was definitely a pivotal moment in understanding and setting me on a journey to discover the best ways of how women can be healthy from the inside out, body, mind, soul, spirit, and, you know, set that example for our children because they are watching. And Now my girls are 19, 17, and my son is 11. And I was seeing when, you know, through those earlier pre-pubescent years that my girls were self-sacrificing. And at the time I didn't realise it, but I look back now and I know it was because they saw me doing the same. And I think one of the, the things that we're so passionate about with the women, Empowered Women's Project, we're all a work in progress. We're always learning and growing. And there's a new phase of life. Our, you know, we're getting engaged. We're getting married. We're having babies. Our babies are becoming young adults. There's all these learnings. But I think one of the biggest things is if we as women can step into a more empowered life, it naturally just trickles down into the next generation. And they're always watching, like you said, And when you start to see maybe some patterns or habits of your own and they're following that and it's like, no, that's not the one I wanted you to, it's a good reminder, isn't it? To kind of go, oh, hang on. I'm not living on path like I've planned to. 
Yeah, and there was definitely another wake-up moment for me, you know, a few years later when I started to just see behaviours and things in my girls that I just thought, oh, I want, I want more for them. But I knew it was because they were mimicking subconsciously my behavioural patterns. So that, I guess, and then once, you know, once I really started connecting more closely with you and through our Empowered Women's Project and the work that we have, it really helped me to start executing better choices that were looking after me, knowing that my girls are watching and it would have that benefit for them to you know, follow my feet, not my words. Right. I love that. And, and so what were some changes that you made that then you saw naturally affecting your family in a positive way? Well, I actually took a couple of trips overseas. Which did something for yourself. <laughs> I did. I did. I remember I took a trip to Nashville. Um, that trip we took four years ago. That was a very big decision for me to make because I actually left my kids at home for 10 days. That mm. was and as a sole parent because now I've been a sole parent on my own with my kids for over eight years. So this was four years ago. It was huge. Um, but I knew that I needed to show them that the world is there for our taking. And they weren't going to do it because I told them. They had to see me do it. So I decided I was going to Nashville with a whole bunch of, you know, other empowered women and we were going to have the best time ever. And we absolutely did. And my kids were so excited for me, which made it even you know, more certain that it was the right decision. And really, from there, there's been other trips that I've taken, but it's opened up in my children a desire to travel and to say yes to more for them. So as soon as I decided to start saying yes to me, I saw my girls start a process of saying yes to them. And that lights me up more than anything else. I just got goosebumps. That's, that's amazing. I actually had a memory pop up the other day on my phone of us riding mechanical bulls in Nashville. I was like, oh my gosh, that was one of the funnest things. And you know what? I found, I think on my journey as a mum, I don't know if anyone else listening can relate. I, one of my things is I realized I was busy, but I was empty, right? And, and we're like, I've got stuff to do. I've got stuff to do. And I realized that I, I am and naturally am a very fun person but I wasn't scheduling fun things in my life anymore because it was all about, oh, the kids have got that sport and that party to go to and I need to make sure I've got healthy food for them and it was the to-do list. And doing things like riding mechanical bull was so what I would have done when I was 20 maybe, but not as a responsible mom that I should be. And kind of throwing that to the side and having fun, oh, my gosh, I, I just realised not enough fun is scheduled in our lives. And creating experiences that your children are like, oh my gosh, my mom is so cool. I want to do that. That's really special. Oh, it is. And to see that our, true, our children want us to have fun. Mm. And I tell you, the last few years I've had so much fun and joy that has brought them the very same thing because they love seeing their mum and dad, you know, out doing things that they love, it lights them up. And it really does give them permission to do the same for themselves because mm. we go first. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what I love that you're a beautiful example of is that you're using your children as a reason to go out and challenge yourself and stretch and grow versus a reason not to because you should be there to support them. Because I think, I believe it takes a village to raise a child. There's so many amazing 
people in our children's life that can mentor them and provide different support. And I think it's, it's pretty hard to think that we're the only person that can be the source of love and support for them. You know, you, you want to tap into that village. And if you don't have that in family, you know, create it in friendship. Um, so that you can go ahead and do more things for yourself. And I think, you know, if we're speaking to mummers, maybe you've got little ones there, you know, three and under or something like that, just finding a mummers group or, you know, asking for help. I think that's probably one thing that I would have not been good at in over the years. I don't know if you, Sharon, have been the same where you're like, you're the do-it-all girl and you don't want to ask anyone for help, but people would always come to you. Is that kind of how it's been? Oh, yeah, I did everything. I didn't want anyone looking after my kids. I did the lot. And any wonder I ended up you know, diagnosed with a serious health condition because my body was so depleted and my spirit was depleted, not just physically but emotionally and spiritually. I had nothing left because I did give everything into the kids and I didn't want anyone looking after them because I was too determined. And letting go of that mindset was not easy but it was the greatest gift I gave myself, mm. freedom. And it really opened up, like you say, a beautiful village of support and influence for, you know, for the children's upbringing and, and environment. That's awesome. I know that personal development is really important. It's played a huge part in your life. Tell me how, um, you know, is there maybe a certain book or a speaker that's really kind of, caused massive growth or a shift in you and then how maybe you've brought that into your family life as well because I love that you bring your children along for the ride I think that's really powerful yeah well there's a few things actually I tend to say yes to a lot of things that many would not say yes to and I share that with my kids so when I did this I decided to do an Ironman for example I'm not a swimmer like can we just tell everyone, if people don't know what an Ironman is, can you just walk us through what that actually means, please? Oh, sure. Well, I actually did a half Ironman. So it's a 1.9K swim, kilometre swim, a 90-kilometre bike ride and a 21-kilometre run. So it took about six and a half hours and I've never been a rider or a swimmer. But uh, the kids see me taking on challenges mm -hmm. and... That is what I see as personal development, you know, moving forward, taking on a challenge, something new that you didn't think you could do. And for the kids to see that, it helps them want to do take on challenges safely because they've seen me do it first and be okay with it. And, you know, it's not about winning or anything like that. It's just the journey of the training and how you implement it into the day. So, and it's not just I am, it's other challenges that I might take on or set myself goals. So I always share with them that and they're a part of it too within my little support crew or, you know, they might do some training with me. Um, as far as books, one of the best books that I found really impacted me was The Big Leap by Guy, someone or other. Um, and I got it on audio book. I love audio books because I drive a lot and so I pop it in my car and I do a lot of, you know, my bit of mobile university really. And I was driving back and forth to Melbourne a bit with my eldest daughter, Montana. And um, it's about an hour and a half drive and we were doing a few of these. So we would listen to the big leap in the car together. And it was great because it talks about, you know, reaching, limiting, um, you know, they call it the upper limit. So just things that stop us from moving forward. And she was 17 at the time. And what stood out to me was 
the effect that this book had actually had on her. And she just happened to be in the car because I was listening to it for me, but she was absorbing everything. And it was really interesting to hear her perspective and how it, different things resonated with her. And I loved that. So you're, you're like, if you're listening to things or whatever, you know, the whole family's listening to it. It's not just you doing it in your own time. Yeah. And even my son, he's 11. Like he thrives on this personal development thing, like stretching and, you know, mentally growing. Like we didn't have that growing up back in our day. No. <laughs> I love that. Wow. That's so good. I think, you know, I, I love listening to audiobooks and things too. And our kids are becoming little sponges where, you know, you might have a moment where you'll say, um, you know, something and they'll just correct you and be like, yeah, but what are you grateful for right now, mum? It's like, oh, my gosh, who am I raising? <laughs> you know, in our family, we have grateful for time every night when we sit down at the end of the day. And and they'll just, they'll, if we're maybe being a little, maybe not present or a little ungrateful for something because our day didn't go to plan, they just have this way of bringing us back into line. And it's like, whoa, if only I was as wise as you. <laughs> it's, they're teachers, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. I get that a lot with my son. You know, I, have, I do a lot of my work online and I try to be mindful of the time, you know, and sometimes if I'm talking to someone, um, you know, from a business conversation and Noah, he's wanting my attention and he's just really gentle, but it kind of pulls me back into line. Okay. You know, really break that time up strategically. So I love learning the lessons. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that, you know, we can really learn so much from our kids because they are a reflection of us and often the things that we're challenged by in our children are actually the traits that we have so yeah. it can definitely help us to let our egos down it certainly has for me oh yeah i have a little mini me my daughter is sometimes when we're having a little standoff anthony will just be like you gave birth to yourself i'm like oh yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's if you're aware enough to realize and you can take the lessons from it, then, you know, it, it's really powerful. So that's great. Now, you uh, come across to me as a very motivated, like you're always, you've always got another race or another something where you're challenging yourself. And I love that. What would you say have been maybe some important rituals or practices that you've had that have either brought a sense of calm or consistency or just um, maybe it's you time? What, what's something that you found really important for you to keep empowered and, and on, um, you know, on track? Well, I'm naturally competitive. I always have been in school, in sports, like grades. You know, I wanted to, if someone got a higher mark in a maths test, like I was not happy. I, <laughs> I, it's like I've always been competitive. So when I, you know, in my age group, even like I'm aware of the other women who are racing at certain times, you know, around the track. So doing 1500 meters, steeplechase, that kind of thing. So I'm aware of what others are doing that are my age. And so I, I'm certainly competitive in that I want to just keep moving forward to, you know, just get the edge whenever I can. Um, so I, I like to just be aware. Um, in saying that, I love seeing other people shine. You know, I definitely don't need to win every single time, but I, I just love, you know, just having that competitive spirit, you know, and just racing each other and just kind of challenging. Raising the bar. Pardon? Raising the bar. Just yeah, not. raising the bar. Exactly. And if doing it together, you go further. So I love, you know, kind of having that, that competition. 
But as far as like, you know, moving forward when, when things are difficult or I'm overwhelmed with life and stress, that kind of thing, I really find, for me, I love oxygenating my brain. I am all about getting, because I just know the clarity that we have and how we can think better. We're not as stressed, where our tolerance is better. Just everything is better when we can think clearly. So I, I am always finding ways to have met better oxygen. I love doing handstands, cartwheels, breathing techniques. Like I do fun stuff as well as calming down stuff. So I definitely a work in progress on getting more Zen in my life. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just, you know, exercise is definitely that my big thing. Running lights me up. It's a, and I think this is where women need to find something that they love. And I, I think a lot of people don't know what that is. I agree. Like I think about for me, um, up until I was almost 20, dancing was my theme. So I loved it and it kept, kept me fit and flexible and it was something, it was expressive. I, I absolutely loved it. And then I think you step into the work world and you all of a sudden those things disappear unless you're maybe in a team sport or something where something might still happen. Uh, and particularly when you kick into mamahood, Often it's the kids or your partner that might have the sporting things that happen all the, all the time and the hobbies. But for some reason, I know for my own journey anyway, I was like, I don't even know what I like. I, I literally, and in times of stress, there was no way I was thinking about going for a run. I was thinking about Cadbury chocolate. Like literally with my, my go-to, how do I deal with stress? I'll probably just eat something. And I have, you know, learned so much in, in my time now where I look at, I actually love a walk on the beach, getting outside, all of these things. But I realise in times where I'm maybe not as, um, what's the word, empowered as I could be, I revert back to old old habits and patterns. So I think it's interesting, you know, if it's okay if I share. I mean, you are, you're 47 years old, like so fit, so healthy. You absolutely are glowing. And I think, you know, I want to get fitter and stronger and healthier as I age, not the other way around. Sometimes you observe people in their journey of aging and maybe not embracing it as much and they're not taking care of themselves. And so then naturally the extra kilos pop on, they become less active and then it's perpetuating, perpetuating cycle whether it's just not going in the direction that they want. Then you feel crappy about yourself, you make worse choices, what you put in your mouth and then over and over and over. So what's maybe some what's your advice to people that maybe aren't where they'd like to be on how to take the next step of just maybe it's simple something that they could do breathing or a walk or something but just a step in the right direction to help them age well um, rather than the other way around oh kate i'm a big believer in laughing a lot and having fun i do believe the power of our joy and laughter to heal is far greater than people realize so i'm i i would encourage any mama any woman listening to find what it is that you love doing what is it that lights you up what actually makes your heart fill you know when you're kind of doing something and then the next thing you know an hour's passed and it felt like a couple of minutes i mean that is pure joy and bliss and I just think if you can find something that makes you feel that elation and find ways to do more of it, even if it's just for a few minutes a day, 
um, because that's what's going to spark you into making better choices because you're happier, you're feeling better. When your heart's uplifted, you're going to make healthier choices and you're going to feel happier. I love that. What's one piece of advice that if you could go back and give to your 10-year-old self that you would? Think before you speak. (laughs) It has definitely got me in a lot of trouble throughout my determination and my, you know, very strong will, stubborn approach in my younger years, my earlier adult years. So I was often one to bite back pretty quickly and I think if I could have just listened more and spoken less, I kind of would have had a smoother journey at certain times. But And just be kind to ourselves. Gosh, you know, we are so hard on ourselves as women. We've faced, you know, growing up, teenagers, it's hard. You know, the peer pressure and... You know, if we can be more open, I think, as well, communicating with each other and sharing our heart and soul to, you know, just a couple of close friends, I feel like that would actually help alleviate a lot of the burden and the self-doubt because you're kind of, you're opening yourself up, but it gives them permission to open up. And I think that connection is really powerful for a female in particular because you feel like you're not alone. You're not the only one with these doubts. You know, we all have them, but when we can share together, I believe that's where our strength is because you, you know, you can walk the journey of growth together. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. I mean, they say our vulnerability is our greatest strength and we see someone and they're vulnerable and we're inspired by that. But when we're vulnerable, we almost see it as a sign of weakness and I, I love what you just said. If we can come together and find whether it's that one or two girlfriends that you can just really just pull the curtains down and be real with and be like, I'm scared about this. I'm not happy about this. What about, like, just be real. So when we keep it inside and we bottle it up, it doesn't serve anyone. So I love that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this future. My daughter right now is seven. And I look at when we were growing up, you know, in high school and, you know, you think about you, we had crappy hair, we had crap photos. You look back in the family albums, right? It's like, oh my God, what were we thinking? How I would love some, I guess, thoughts from you around raising two young women in the world of social media and all of that, the comparison, it's even more heightened now than ever. You know, when we were younger, right, we had a few magazines to look through and compare. Now it's everywhere. What have you done as a, as a mama to either open up conversation with your girls about this or have them feel really comfortable and confident in who they are, regardless of what is going on online? Yeah, that's such a great point um i was actually fortunate that i was able to keep social media away from my girls till around the age of 15 mm-hmm. they didn't have their own phone yep. till about the age of 15 or 16 so i'm i'm really wrapped with that in saying that once they had their own phones you know if i ha- i had to actually go through a learning phase because i didn't think it would be as deeply immersed in their peer group I guess the social media so they do homework and they would have their phone here and they would actually have 
three or four different things going on at once while studying, which was very new to me to perceive this because I'd grown up in my studies, I needed no, I could have no noise, no radio, no distraction. I would lock myself away and do my studies. So it was learning for me as a parent to be okay with that and understand there were different situations that kids seem to learn in and the different learning strategies. Um, but social media, yeah, I guess... I think as parents, sometimes we can have an idea of what we think it should be based on our like, but sometimes, you know, giving, I just found it was, I had to pick my battles. Were you across their social media? Were you kind of, did you have access to it so you could kind of make sure that everything was okay and there wasn't any, you know, yeah. bullying or anything like that happening behind the scenes yeah well I we always keep our phones in the kitchen so they wouldn't go into the bedrooms and I always keep mine in there so I really liked that and that was a good strategy we had in our household yeah well my girls haven't really had any that to my knowledge um you know of bullying themselves I have definitely heard of other friends of theirs that have really been in, in trouble with that the schools teach a lot around that yeah. as well no I just thought I'd ask I mean I look at you know even for my daughter at seven and she doesn't have access to any of that but I look at some of her friends and I'm like whoa it's you know the life is speeding up a lot and what they're being exposed to and I think as as women again we want to have our our children and I think not having your kids have access to that till 15 the quality of relationship that you would have formed with them up until that time meant that there was probably a lot more openness and communication which is really awesome too so I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what is a favourite quote of yours? Is there a quote that pops to mind that... Yeah. Look, I've been asked this before, actually, and the thing that strikes me is champions do what most people are not doing. Mm. So I think that's my competitive background coming in, you know, just so I always like to do that bit extra because, that, you know... If you do what everyone does, you're going to get the same results. So go that extra. And are you a sweet or a savoury girl? I used to be a sweet girl, but now I've gone to savoury. Hey, what's your favourite savoury cheat meal? <laughs> cheat meal or yeah. cheat? Cheat. Oh. Mm. Cheese. Cheese, yeah. And wine. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> the perfect combination. Yes. Amazing. Well, Sharon, I'm so grateful for the wisdom that you have shared with us today. I think we can all walk away with one or two maybe steps that we can take to up level and, and also looking at our calendars and our schedule. And if we're not putting us in the schedule, it's not okay. Um, you know, you don't want to wait for a wake up call to need to make a change. Like I would love that as women, we're being proactive uh, you know, in those things so that we are scheduling the challenge in our calendar and the fun rather than letting everyone else dictate, you know, how we live our lives. So thank you so much for sharing your story and um, you're so inspiring and really, really grateful for your time today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. I've loved it. Thanks, Katie. We hope you enjoyed our special interview with Sharon. What an incredible woman and just a beautiful example of you know, 
it's not what happens to us, but it's how we, you know, what we do with what happens to us that really can define and change the way we live our life. And sometimes uh, what we might see as a major challenge in our life in the moment, we can look back and see as a real blessing, uh, as something that changes the course of where we're headed. So I'm so grateful for her time. To learn more about the Empowered Women's Project, you can visit empoweredwomensproject.com or you can check us out on our other social media handles. If you've enjoyed today and if you've learned something, we'd love you to head across to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And also, we'd love to know what you want to hear more about as an empowered woman. We're always on the hunt for more people who inspire others to live their best life to share with you. Don't forget to start looking at how you can schedule some me time into your day or your week and start saying yes to yourself first, your family, your partner, your children, everyone is going to thank you for it. So that's it for today. Thanks so much for joining us and we look forward to speaking to you on a future podcast.